competitive 40K network presents Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussions with the best players on the planet. And now your host, Tim Penny and the Art of War coaches. Hello and welcome to the Art of War 40K, your podcast for high-level strategy and tactics and detailed list breakdown from the top players around the world. I'm your host, Tim Penny, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, John Lennon. Welcome, John. Hello, hello. Always good to be here. Very excited for uh, this week's episode and uh, happy to be recording another podcast with you, Tim. So am I. How you doing, man? Uh, I am doing fantastic. Got another wonderful week here in Florida. Uh, it's been really fun uh, actually not going to an event this last weekend. And instead, uh, catching up on uh, some of the events that have been going on, watching the meta, and uh, just seeing what kind of uh, interesting lists are evolving, especially with so many recent uh, Codex releases re- recently. Uh, I'm really enjoying actually uh, taking a week off and uh, kind of seeing what other people are doing. Yeah, same here, man. After, uh, you know, no offense to you, love hanging out with you, John, but after going up to uh, spending a weekend at the uh, stream house and just getting bodied by you, Nick, and uh, Jack, uh, and then going to Charity Hammer, and then immediately turning around going to Orlando. Uh, I don't want to say I'm 40K'd out, but it was nice to kind of, you know, stand back, just get some casual practice games and uh, work on some hobbying. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, John has quite the resume. He was uh, third in ITC for 2019 season. I believe uh, right now you're number one for the 2021 season. Is that uh, correct? That is correct. I'm lucky enough to be at the top uh, for now. We'll see how long I can hold it. Let's see if we can fend it off. Uh, he was best Space Marines 2019, best Tyranids 2017. We'll see if we can update that when Tyranids get some new rules. And honestly, I have a list of about five or six uh, GTs, majors, super majors here, like right off that he's won. But, you know, chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably know all the majors that he's won anyhow. Uh, we are joined today uh, by one of uh, my good friends and honestly, one of the best opponents you could ever hope to play, uh, the avatar of Gork and Mork himself, Mr. Rich Kilton. That's What's right, up, baby. It's good to be with you guys. We have a uh, Rich on board right now because he won the uh, recent War Games for Warriors. That happened the same weekend as the uh, Orlando GT, and uh, it might have slipped under some of yours radar. But it was a uh, it was a pretty big event. I think it was uh, sixty five players. It, that's 64, 65, somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. And uh, it was uh, out of Salt Lake City. And I believe this was a uh, charity event. Uh, Rich, you want to plug that a little bit? Yeah, it was uh, It was War Games for Warriors. They do it for, um, for for helping with soldiers whose families, like if the soldier's in the hospital and or, or their family, then the house nearby, um, they, they put up families of soldiers so that they can be near their... Um, those who are hurt so that they can have family nearby at no cost so that they don't have to have a huge expense when they're, when their family's in the hospital. Oh, that's awesome. As a uh, nine-year Marine Corps veteran, that uh, definitely tugs after my own heartstrings. Uh, why don't we go ahead and, uh, and uh, jump right into it, Rich? Wait, 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 um, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, go. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm the 25th rank, 25th rank person in the ITC. Thank you. And I'm coming for you, John. Not really, but... Uh-oh, the, gauntlet, the green gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> Rich is uh, coming to crump me. I'm going to have to stand advance and charge range. Here comes the crumping from the war boss himself. I'm excited. Maybe, maybe at LVO? Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. I would love to All play right. John again. It was a pleasure. Did you... Uh, uh, how'd you do last to LVO? I think you, you made the uh, like top eight, I believe. No, no, no. I haven't ever made a top eight. I, LVO is always... It seems like I always kind of finish in the top 100 somewhere. But, That's still uh, really good. Yeah, I I usually go four and two at LVO, um, 
but I have a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean, LVO is so much fun. Honestly, I can't can't wait. To, that's when we're gonna have to get that uh, that game in we were talking about. I missed you a charity hammer. So yes, I LVO dodged. We'll definitely get a game in. Nine games just did this old man in, and I couldn't do a tenth. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you at all. You were everywhere. Uh, let's jump right in and uh, let's talk about the list that carry you to victory. Go ahead and just run it down top to bottom. Uh, you don't even have to explain the why. We'll just literally just rattle it off, and then we'll start jumping into the, the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, so I, I played Evil Suns, and I um, run a Evil Sun uh, Beast Boss on Squigasaur, and he is um, he has the Artist Nails and the... I'm just pulling up the list just so I make sure I don't miss, miss anything. And then he's got Res Mecha's Redder Armor, um, Redder Paint. Um, because I've already changed my list. You know how that works. I mean, it was two weeks ago. I've already changed my list. Um, then I have a, a weird boy with the jump and fists of Gork. Then I have in my troops, this is a battalion, by the way, I have two units of beast snagga boys, 10 strong and two units of boys. One is a unit of trucker boys. Um, and he, they just have a big choppa leading the 10 man squad. And then another unit of boys on foot with a big choppa. And then I have a unit of 11 Gretchen, and the 11 was a typo. I was supposed to have 10, but I accidentally, but I'm points-wise, I'm fine. Um, then I have a unit of five commandos with a knob with a power claw in that detachment, along with a unit of three def coptas, two units of squig hog boys, three strong, with a um, bomb squig included. Then I have a truck for that detachment, and then I have a, a death skulls outrider detachment. And that has a war boss on foot with Brutal But Cunning, an Attack Squig, the Killer Claw, Combi Scorcha, and he has the, um, that's all he has. And then he often will ride in the truck with the truck boys. He is not a trucker. The boys are truckers. He is not a trucker. Um, and this boy unit is also a big choppa choppa. And then I have a two units of commandos, uh, five strong. One has a power claw. One is just uh, just has the knob has a, a choppa. And then I have three rucka truck squig buggies by themselves. And then I have a unit of five, two units of five storm boys, just base with no upgrades on their weapons. And then a truck for that detachment. All right, that is. Uh... Sounds like a uh, orc list to me, that's for sure. Just a lot of words that I don't know what they mean. Uh, <laughs> why don't you run us through, like, say, if uh, if you had to point someone out and say, hey, this is my big, beautiful list, uh, and they're like, that's great, Rich, but what does it do? Tell me about, like, the core of your list. Um, of all the stuff you listed there, like, what is, like, the actual, like, nucleus of it? And then just kind of talk us through, like, why you chose that and, like, what it's supposed to do at its core. And then maybe, like, run through uh, kind of... You know, all the things you added, like just for your play style or stuff like that. I will. So so this list is a board control uh, primary objective combat army. So it is going to try and take your primaries away and keep its own. Um, that's pretty much how I played all of 8th edition. So this is really my first tournament of 9th edition. I mean, not 9th edition, of uh, the new codex. So I didn't want to switch too much. I wanted to still play control the primaries, try and keep my opponent, his primary score down and, and win by, by beating them on primaries. And now with the new orc secondaries, I can even be a little more competitive in that area. But really the main theme of this army is controlling primaries and taking them away from the opponent. Um, and then my specific, um, like the death skulls, of course, are really good at that, but that I also have so many troops choices in my, 
in my arm in the evil sons part that are also um objective secured and then that's also why i don't make my death skulls war boss a trucker even though he's really good and he's very killy um i keep him so that he is still obsec he's objective secured and having a nasty objective secured character that will be in the second wave because this army kind of hits the trucks run forward the guys get out and they go and do whatever they're trying to take objectives away and then the units behind them will run forward jump in the trucks that were vacated um sometimes joining the boss that's in the truck not always and then from then on then i'm dropping in units uh the storm boys units come in later and i'm just keeping you from scoring the points you want on your primaries that's my goal all right i love it um honestly um you know it's good to see them uh take a, a more board control uh i guess uh, style orc list um frankly you know from an outside looking in it's actually kind of hard to figure out what kind of play style the new orc list wants to do uh it has so many options of course we don't have the models to test everything yet um that's actually going to be my first question um i love the list i love everything that you have in it um would you say that uh the here's i guess here's my first question if everything was already out would you take the same list like if all of the kits that haven't been released yet were available on the website in stock at your local game store would you still be running the same thing you think or uh, would you have run the same thing at this event I, I would have and part of that is because i've been playing orcs for 30 years and so some of the units that i had sitting on the shelf that i used to run as other things like my old units that i ran as the knobs for my for my biker units i started as an evil sons as a, sorry as a snake bite boss so I've got some great conversions of these old biker bosses that I ran back in the day when it didn't matter how big your base was. And they're huge, but they're perfect to run as bosses on Squigasaur. And then all my biker boys were boar boys from the fantasy line with these cool conversions with guns on them. And they turned into knobs on Smash the Squigs and they turned into my biker boys. So for me, it was actually very easy to... Um, convert and just switch a few base sizes and things like that and i love the play style of now as far as killy power i actually believe the freebooter lists that you're seeing have more killy power than my list does but that the the freebooter list that actually was there run by at that tournament run by a very good general was beaten by a list similar to mine that is gonna come at you on the ground and take your objectives away all right, I like to see uh, that there is still a reason for uh, the more conservative, not, not conservative, but the more tactical gameplay of uh, just trying to score the points rather than kill the opponent. Um, I guess that's a point for Cunning, not Brutal. We'll, we'll see if we can keep a, a tally throughout the podcast here. Orcs are um, still pretty brutal. <laughs> still. They'll still crump you when you get close. <laughs> that, that's true. Do not underestimate anything in the art codex. It all still hits. All right, awesome. Um you know, I, I, I love seeing this. Um, you know, we actually got to play a, a couple of games at Charity Hammer. So I've kind of uh, seen some of the past versions of the list to, to of course, this current version. Um, my next question has to be, um, what, uh, what kind of changes were made to this from Charity Hammer? And uh, what do you, like, I guess, you know, this was, I don't want to say this is a final version, but this was the final version for the tournament. What kind of changes happened right before that put you to where you are? What were like the last minute additions and maybe what were the, what was the last unit that you cut? Okay. So I learned a lot. I went to Charity Hammer and I the list I actually submitted for play at Charity Hammer was before I had an opportunity to even play a game with the new orcs. 
just because of time and things that were happening, I didn't even get to play a game before I submitted my list. So um, my list, I don't feel was very tuned, uh, the list that I played there. Um, a couple of things I realized is I, was, I had way too many characters. I had eight at Charity Hammer, and it was just so easy to get assassinate against me. So I pulled a couple of characters out. Even though I love the knobs on Smash the Squigs, they are freaking amazing. Um, I, I pulled one out, and then I took out the, uh, the force field, and I took out the pain boss. Um, so I went down to five characters, and that allowed me to, to play around with a couple of things and, and put a, a few more troops in, because before I only had three units of boys, and now I have five units of boys. Um, and just boys, you know, boys are not, and they haven't been for a while, have not been super killy. But they are still amazing at holding objectives and, and taking on the, the units that other people want to hold their objectives with. They're not going to go against elite combat troops, but they will steal objectives and take objectives from people. So the last unit I probably took out was the probably the force field. The, the, uh, yeah, the force field and um, just took that and added the, the fifth unit of boys in. All right. Um, so for those of us who don't know, uh, why don't you run us through uh, your clan choice uh, real quick and why you chose that? You mentioned several clans, but um, some of us, I I know generally what the clans do. I just can't keep a track by name. And I know a lot of the listeners probably don't know like what the what the um, the new clan rules are. So why don't you run us through that? And then maybe even like why you chose those over some other clans that aren't in your list. So I'm really happy with, with the Evil Sons. A lot of people were very concerned when they saw the rumors of what was going to happen to Evil Sons. And if you just look at the trait, the culture, you're right. The Evil Sons got hit pretty hard. They, they lost a lot of power in their clan trait. But what they lost there, they gained in their relic and their stratagem. Now, one thing they did with orcs is they made it so you can only take the specific stratagem and specific relic if your warlord is from that clan. Um, so there's there's certain items and certain stratagems that you can't use at all unless you're from that clan. And in specific specifically the Resmeca's Reda armor, which is uh, you cannot attack until all other unit you cannot attack until all the units in the orc army have attacked, is so powerful um, that. Especially because orcs are still, even though they went up in toughness, they're still not the most durable unit. So if somebody gets to attack you first, they'll do a lot of damage. So I try as much as I can to use the boss to make that attack go last. So I have another attack that's more important is going to go first. And then I'll come back to that one after. And the durability of the characters has increased. So the other specific item that is used a lot um, is the... uh, the, so the Resmeca's Red Armor is the Relic, and the Stratagem is the faster than... No, that's the Stratagem is the faster than... I, I can't remember which one's which. But the faster than use is... That's where I'm sending... The, the Knob on Smash a Squig can send out a unit with Advance and Charge. In the command phase, he gives it to a core unit. And that includes some crazy things like bikes and the Squig Hogs and storm boys and all the boys and the snagger boys so they can all advance and charge every turn one unit can and then the turn you call the wah everybody can so it gives the evil sons amazing speed 
and board control. So I, that's why I really still love the, the evil sons. And, and I think that a lot of people are starting to see that. A lot of people kind of doubted them when the books first hit. They saw a lot of other um, clans that seemed better. And uh, I just think the speed and the ability to control when combats happen that the orcs, that the evil sons can do is amazing. Then the Death Skulls, they're just there because I love to steal people's objectives. They, they still have that ability to, um, to take away people's objectives and to sneak on, to just step on, th- on, on somebody's objective. It's one of the ways that I love to play against Dark Eldar because they are, they are reluctant to get out of their vehicles. And so then I'll just charge one of their, their vehicles and not going to hurt the vehicle, but it allows me to step on their objectives with an obsec unit and take their objectives away from them. It's great play into Dark Eldar. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, a lot of times they they see that maybe you don't have shooting to crack open the vehicles, which is what 99% of people want to do. And instead, that's you, that's fine. You just send a board control or melee over there and be like, okay, well, I haven't killed your vehicles, but now you have to make a hard decision. You know, you can't really get out. You have to just move away. And not only that, but you have to deal with this uh, this annoyance, you know, a bunch of these uh, these soccer hooligans that are in my your own backfield. So what are you going to do? That's right. Uh, you mentioned the speed a couple times, and since the book is still kind of new for a lot of us, uh, what is the actual culture of Evil Sons, and what is the uh, and what does the Wog actually do for you? you say calling the Wog. I know a lot of stuff happens, uh, but break that down. Just Evil Sons culture itself and what the Wog do. So Evil Sons gives you a plus one on all your movements for all units in the culture. And it also gives you plus one on your advanced rolls. Um, and then when you call the turn, you call the wall, the, you get a, you can, everybody can advance and charge. Now there's the speed wall as well. That's different. You can only call a speed wall. If you have a speed boss, which is your, um, which is your, uh, guy on, on the, the trike. I can't even remember what he's called, but, uh, I just run war bosses right now. I haven't, dabbled a lot in the in the speed wah yet because i've been enjoying this so much but when you call the wah you get everything can advance everything that's core can advance and charge uh core or characters excuse me and then everything in the army everything gets plus one attack and then the second turn so that last that whole turn you call it in your command phase and then the second turn everything in your army gets plus one attack so it's it's very powerful um, and I mean, once you get kind of into the center with an army like mine, you've got a lot of units you've got, so it's very MSU style, but orcs can still put out a lot of swings. So, um, you get into the center of the table, your was going and you've got units that are putting out a lot of attacks and the characters now are so much killier. Well, I wouldn't say they're not necessarily more killy than they were. They're still very killy. But now they're so much tougher and more durable than they've ever been. Orc characters were so easy to kill before, and now they're they're actually some of them are very very tanky. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I feel like uh, looking back at the old codex or from my memory, every time I played against old orcs, it felt like the the time where orc characters did the most damage was when they were fighting in death. So yeah, yeah I guess that totally makes sense that they're uh, they were uh, kind of squishy. Um, John, did you have anything to ask before uh, we go start rolling into like the secondaries and scoring and all that? No, that was actually uh, going to be my next question. Uh, I was Perfect. going to ask uh, uh, just about that secondary plan. You know, you mentioned uh, early on that uh, the new work secondaries uh, were kind of helping out your game style, and uh, 
you know, just made it a little easier to play ninth edition, but that's exactly what I want to know. Uh, what secondaries do you find yourself taking most often with this list? Uh, are there some that, uh, you know, lend themselves very naturally to you? And then uh, specifically of the orc ones, any standouts, any ones that have really uh, been valuable for you so far? Well, uh, obviously, because of the nature and style that I like to play, Stranglehold is just a natural. Um, I also like um, Raise Banners. Um, engage on all fronts is good. And and Retrieve Octarius Data. Um, although, in, in my final game uh, against a wonderful Necron player, I... I'm an old man, and six games makes you tired. And uh, I forgot to rod on the first and second turn and ended up not scoring a point on rod. And that was brutal, but I was still able to pull it out. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, I do take that and probably should be more careful with choosing that because I'm forgetful sometimes. Um, but yeah, those are the, those are kind of the, the objectives I take. Now, the one that I really kind of stand out, I think, of the new objectives in some games is going to be the smash them good, which is if I kill more, if I kill more units in combat than you kill, except for Gretchen, then I get three points. If I kill at least two and double, then I get four points. And I got, I got that quite a bit when I took that objective or secondary. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think I remember you taking that against me as well. And uh, I've, I've had that taken against me quite a few times, and it always seems to be a consistent one. Um, that one uh, where you're, you know, trying to out uh, kill your opponent in close combat. What uh, what category is that secondary in? Is that uh, is that in the same category as like grind them down or while we stand we fight? It, it is. That's correct. Okay, I can never remember exactly what that one is called. Uh, I always call it the while we stand category. The, the kill them. The, the kill them. That is that yeah. what it's called. I, <laughs> Still, yeah, I you know, I, yeah. There's like two categories, and like one is kill them, and like one is like really kill them. So I think that's the second one. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's perfect. Uh, let's talk about your uh, CP expenditures. I know that um, listening to the Art of War Down Under, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed, you totally should subscribe to. Uh, listening to that episode with you on it, it seemed I was getting the impression that all the stratagems are very situational. And it felt like the best stratagems are the ones that you like were like, wow, these really jumped off the page at me uh, were all the clan specific ones. Uh, did you have like a CP budget that you kind of went into every game with, or did you just kind of just blow it all and like, you know, like interrupts and rerolls and spending stuff pregame? What was your uh, CP budget like? So coming in with six CP uh, is is you know that's new for orc players because we always felt like we needed so more so many more because the stratagems were very good in our last codex. Um, the stratagems are still they're still good, but if you were going to pick an area that orcs got weaker i would say in stratagems so um i don't really have a specific budget i loved using the um the I, again i can't remember the names but it's a move shoot move basically so my def coptas could jump over terrain shoot and then jump back behind terrain and that's a really powerful tool um for a unit that puts out some pretty heavy fire um and then um but yeah, a lot of it was to interrupt or to um, or to uh, one that I used a lot, and I think that this is a really good stratagem. But so far, it has failed. All of Charity Hammer it failed, and it failed in this tournament. But it's a really good stratagem, and I think that if it actually works, it's going to win me some games. Is the um, it's you can only use it on Beast Snagaboys, and it's called Snagum or something like that, where 
basically you can't fall back unless you roll a four plus. But I've snagged like so many units and everybody seems to roll a four plus when they're trying to fall back. So it's never worked, but it's the potential is huge. Yeah, I mean that was one that um I actually played against you and I I did hit the four plus as apparently <laughs> I know, John. Has. Um <laughs> still that that's one that has to, you know, give you pause. Um I I think it it had a clause in it that like it was it infantry only or was it just like non vehicles? Uh, it's non titans. It's non titans. Oh, non Titanic. I mean yeah. a fifty percent chance that I feel like that has to be, you know, worth something. Oh um, yeah. And you even can if hit, it's only I mean, one unit. Yeah, just the ta- threat of it. Tower uh, could be f- terrified of that. Oh, you know what? Uh, I don't. I'm Tau. I know aren't very popular right now, but when they come back, I want you to to snag some of these Tau players in combat. Do it for me, Rich. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I can absolutely see the value of that one. That's that is one of the ones that stood out uh, well to me. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, all the orc stratagems seem extremely situational. Frankly, the one that scares me the most is Kareen. But uh, so far, it has never. It has never come up at the right time. And, you know, talk about situational. That one only works when a unit explodes. Right. If you had a way to explode your vehicles and had that stratagem, that would be amazing. Oh, I'd be terrified of that. I have no, no interest in that happening at all. All right. Um, I guess uh, here, one that you hadn't mentioned um, and one that I, I kind of keep expecting to uh, come up. Um, I think there is a one. I think there is a one command point stratagem in the fight phase. Where you can take an orc boy unit and let them pile in and consolidate an extra three inches. Amazingly powerful. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I come from a background as a as an occasional, uh, you know, when they're good Tyranid player. So I always enjoy whenever I switch back to Hormagons and I'm like, oh wait, these guys do move 12 inches whenever they charge. That's great. Because they just get that that six inch pile and consolidate the same way that these orc boys can. So I, I know there's a ton of uh, value there. And I, I have to imagine that that really uh plays well in your strategy just because um you know you you talk about using these obsec units you know messing with your opponent's primary secondary scores uh just getting you know an extra six inches of movement on an obsec unit that has to be a you know frankly essential to uh to your plan sometime oh amazing and the ability to wrap multiple units like they can they can pull out one unit but if you wrap up two units then they're they're not going anywhere so they're not going to be shooting at you so there's certain situations where that is so powerful. And a quick question, uh, just wondering if this is a combo. That's Snagum Stratagem. Uh, do you select one orc unit and then one enemy unit? Or do you roll for every orc uh, enemy unit that's in co- engagement range? Every enemy unit. Okay, so there's like a little bit of a combo there where you could use that extra like pile and consolidate to try to snag multiple units. And Absolutely. maybe you can't, you can't snag the exact unit you want, but you could you know, protect your obsec from shooting by uh, by consolidating into a bunch of stuff that's not very dangerous. And then you just, now you have multiple options to roll the snag. That's right. Have you, have you done that? Or like, have you considered I, that? I or have, I have, but the they always, they always roll four plus on everything. So it doesn't matter. Oh man. I remember, I remember <laughs> listening to John way back and his, his golden rule with the uh, snare captain was to always go for the snare play when you could uh, consolidate into three different units. Right. I I guess you just uh, you got to get a little more uh, luck of the work on your side, Rich. But, but no, the well, thing is, the thing is, I'm it's okay because it hasn't cost me yet, and so I'm getting all the bad situations out of the way so that when it's important, it's going to work. Well, Rich, I, I actually think I found the problem for you. I just opened up the book and read the stratagem. It says that on a four plus, the enemy unit cannot fall back this turn, which ah, means ah. which means you, you've been doing it wrong. Not a single person has made it. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you won anyways, but it sounds like you had room to spare. Wait, John, who rolls it? You do. You, Rich Kilton. You, the orc player. Oh, my gosh. I've been letting them roll it. I've been saying they have to roll a four plus what to get a, away. What a gentleman. Oh, I my mean, goodness. Uh, all statistically, your... nothing has changed, but uh, I'm going to call that a win for you. <laughs> yeah, statistically, nothing has changed, but all his opponents are like, oh, let me go get my lucky dice. Well, especially because all of my all my friends, all my teammates say that I'm I'm lucky, that I roll what I want. So there we go. Oh, there, no one's ever going to fall back from you again is what it sounds like. <laughs> Snag them. Snag them. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so we, I think we already touched on this earlier. Um, uh, about how your army plays the primary, but uh, is there anything more you want to go into that before we just kind of shift gears to the next topic? Um, I th- it feels very much like it's a very like a stranglehold kind of be all over the board army, you know, just a real thorn in your side. And then in addition, the squig, the rocket truck squig buggies are really, really effective at taking out those units that people want to just sit on their objective and say, "Well, I'm just going to have them sit behind cover and hold this." You can't really do that if they've got a bunch of rucka trucks swinging around because they can take out a small unit that's sitting on an objective and then they're not on that objective either. So so you have lots of ways of uh, controlling primary and uh, and that's that's a that's a big play in the way I play. Yeah, right on, I, right on. so I, I can really see how your army controls my primary, but I actually have questions about your primary. Mm-hmm. Um after all, if you can limit me to a 30, that's very important when you get a 40, and it's not very good if you get a 15. So what's your plan for scoring your own primary? Um, do you try to, you know, hide as much as possible on objectives, or do you just try to, like, flood them? What I guess what, what goes through your head when you're trying to get your own score? There's various things. So uh, because of the pressure that this army puts on you, coming at you, um, they, they're reluctant to, to shoot at those units that are back there. But then the other part that is effective is those rucka trucks can sit behind a ruin and then you can put a character even out in the open within three inches of that rucka truck and he's protected because of the lookout sir rule. So you've got your character sitting out there in the open, sitting on an objective, but can't be shot because of the vehicle that's behind him. And it's hard for them to kill that vehicle because he's shooting you from out of out of line of sight. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. Um, so you know, just trying to abuse the character rule. And then um, apply so much pressure that it, it's just hard to get there. And you know what, honestly, you know, I may not have a spare firepower for Gretchen or an empty truck when, you know, there's a truck full of boys in front of me. I, That's right. I certainly can see the conundrum. All right. Um, I guess, you know, since we were mentioning, you know, hiding those rocket trucks uh, behind uh, terrain, um, I got to ask, uh, how much does your army rely on terrain? You know, I don't know what, uh, what kind of, uh, you know, terrain format was used uh, at your tournament this last weekend, but... Uh, just in general, you know, is there a terrain you like to see, terrain that you're you're scared of? Do you ever get worried walking up to the table like, I hope there are enough obscuring ruins for me to be able to play this, or I hope there aren't enough obscuring ruins for my opponent? Well, because I run a lot of infantry, I love to see especially buildings with no windows on the bottom floor. Um, not necessarily like a, a closed box, but like just so they have a wall at least um, that I can be behind. So I love seeing ruins. I love seeing uh, obscuring terrain, those kinds of things, because my army just runs right through it. Um, this The terrain here was really great. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a plug out there for War Games Live. This guy ran the stream. This was his first event. He has 15 cameras. And when, he, when, he, when you announce that you're running a stratagem, he has it in his system 
that he hits a button and that stratagem pops up on the screen. Um, so you can actually watch my uh, my day two, all three games I was on top table. So people can watch those three games um, from that tournament. Um, it's and, and support this guy because this kind of streaming is what we want to have in the hobby. It was really, really well done. Can you uh, real quick repeat the name of uh, that streamer? You know, I want to make sure. War Games Live on YouTube. He's on YouTube. War Games Live. All right, fantastic. We'll go check him out. Yeah, do it. Well, honestly, yeah, that was pretty good uh, top to bottom. John, did um, did you have anything that you think we missed? Honestly, that might have been one of the most comprehensive episodes I think we've done on Army. Um, I I did have a couple of questions, just kind of about um, you know, um. Uh, you know, with, I don't want to go too deep into a uh, part two of the episode, of course, where we're going to talk about all these matchups. But um, I did have a, you know, just a, a couple of quick questions. I guess um, my my first one is going to be, um, I know that the orcs are very good at, like, you know, being the kind of fast, you know, faster than your opponent, bullying, um, you know, like with obsec controlling the board. Um, do you ever, or did you uh, ever find that you were, uh, I guess, did you ever find yourself playing against something with a similar play style and then it kind of forced you to change yours? Um, this is something that, you know, I actually came up for me uh, at the Orlando tournament where uh, I kind of played someone trying to do the same game as me and I then did it wrong and uh, Frank and lost that game. So I actually kind of wanted to pose that question to you. Um, you know, this isn't really a, an army specific one, but uh, when pressed, uh, how do you feel about changing your play style if someone is trying to do the same thing as you? So I played against uh, two other orc armies at the tournament on game four and game five. So they were both uh, playing very well. Um, and uh, the game five in particular, he was he was running goffs, which are even more killy, but still very table control. And he's the one that beat the freebooter list. And so he was running this goff list that just put super pressure but I was able to do enough screening with my trucks and my Gretchen so that his initial shock, his initial hit, it did damage, but it didn't do the kind of damage that I ended up doing in the counter assault. So, um, so yeah, if you, um, but it also encouraged me to, to um, some of the counterplay is going forward. I think I'm going to try and slip the force field back in there just for alpha strike because the, the, Alpha strike from that army in assault, it would have been nice to have been able to pop the force field so that I had five plus invuls in close combat. And I think it also helps if I'm playing into a freebooter list to have that five plus one turn of a five plus invulnerable will be good. But so it made me think of my list going forward. But in particular, that game was the game where I was facing a very similar army and maybe even a little more killy. And super aggressive, but and he went first, and I was able to to blunt it enough with effective screening and use of my vehicles. I I thought about screening with the Rucka truck. I almost did, but then I held them back, and I'm kind of glad I did. I think I screened well enough, but uh, don't be afraid to scream with maybe something that you think is going to be killy for your army, because if you're screening effectively against a maybe a, a elite close combat army that's not gonna maybe take as much damage from your from some of your vehicles then don't be afraid to screen with them even though that's not their 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 real job don't be afraid to use something outside of its job okay i like the advice um my next question i actually had a few that uh were sparked uh, from hearing that good answer 
Um, you you just mentioned a couple different you know play styles forks. Uh, this is our first um, this is our first episode with the new orc codex uh, on the art of war here, and so I have to ask you know you mentioned the freebooter style. Uh, we we've seen it do well. Um, it reached the top table of Flying Monkey Con. I think uh, it was Dan Sam's running it. Uh, I know Ben Jurek, I believe, was Ben Jurek running uh, the He was. The he was at our tournament. At he went, he went yep. five and one at our tournament. Yeah, so some big name players, you know, other than the big war boss himself, have been uh, gravitating towards freebooters. Uh, <laughs> but you haven't tried it yourself. Uh, right, here, honest honest answer, you know, off the cuff here. Do you think your play style is better than that? And uh, if so, why? I, I don't feel it's better. I feel that it's more my style. So a couple of things. I think that if I had played Ben at this tournament, whoever went first probably had a pretty big advantage. Um, it's just he would have struggled just like he did against, he played Marshall, who played the golf list, and he lost because Marshall went first. And Marshall just basically went and grabbed all the objectives and just kept Ben from, from scoring primaries. And basically, I would have to do the same thing. Whereas if I had gone second, the chances of his him being able to shoot enough of my stuff so that I can't control the objectives is where it comes down to choice. And I prefer to try at this point to try and control those objectives because it's what I'm used to. It's what I'm good at. And that's why I think that I play that more effectively. I think eventually I'll play around with the freebooter list, but I, I have, I mean, I've been playing for 30 years and I've always gravitated towards fighting. There's lots of really good shooting ability in the Orc Army, but I like the fight phase. I like what it does. I like the movement it gives. I like the the strategies that are involved in an intricate close combat phase. All right, good answer. Uh, my last question that I had then, um, you mentioned right at the beginning of the episode that there were potentially some changes being made to your list. Uh, even after a successful outing like this, uh, I know you mentioned uh, potentially adding in that uh, that KFF uh, that custom force field, uh, uh, not knob, um, Big Mac. He's Big Mac, yeah. Are there any other changes you're contemplating after this, or uh, you're going to wait and see? Um, no, I actually I'm considering going down to to less rocket truck squig buggies. Um, they're really good, um, and especially in some matchups. But I don't think they're an auto take, which I think is great balance by GW because as good as they are, I can see just having more units to be able to control objectives for the way I play. Um, having one rocket truck is still pretty good. And then using those extra 180 points to put in a couple more board control units. So I'm, I'm dabbling with that. Um, we'll see exactly how it before. I think my next big event is going to be the team event. So I don't want to give too much away, but but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting how the team play uh, will affect will affect my choices for that as well. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to that Las Vegas team event myself. I'll actually uh, be seeing you there. Yeah, it'll be great um, to see so, you, John. Uh, that'll be a great time indeed. Well, I think uh, I think that's everything I have. You know, I was, I was going to make a joke about nine rock truck squig buggies, but uh, it seems that you have made your case clear. So uh, I'll leave it at that. I think that's all I've got for part one. Tim, want to take us home? Yeah, I have uh, nothing else. That was a uh, honestly a great rundown, Rich. I really appreciate it. Um, everyone, all listeners, uh, thank you for joining us on Art of War. If you're not a subscriber and you liked what you heard, you can sign up on the artofwar40k.com. Gain access to part two of this episode where we dive into faction matchups. Also gain access to the War Room, 
uh, where coaches like John uh, and Nick and Richard and others break down every faction, not just Orcs, with weekly clinics, uh, strategy sessions, math clinics, and also stream games, including subscriber requests. Uh, Until then, I'm Tim. I'm John. I'm Rich. And uh, we'll see you next time. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40K network. TheArtOfWar40K.com